Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Worship Podcast. I'm here with Jake Popre. He's uh, one of my closest friends, one of my friends in ministry. Uh, So, Jake, thank you for being with me today. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you got called into the ministry. Yeah, definitely. Um, Like Cameron said, I'm Jake Popre. I've been in ministry for uh, right at 10 years so far already. I've been in full-time ministry for almost four years. but did a lot of part-time stuff before that. Um, <clears throat> the call to ministry, uh, when you sent that to me, brought back a, uh, a time in my life um, when I was really young. And uh, it's really funny. In uh, third grade, I was in school. Um, you know, at the end of the year, they asked us to write down what I wanted to be or what you wanted to be when you grow up. And all these kids are like, I'm going to be a fireman. I'm going to be... Um, a policeman i'm gonna be something really cool something awesome and uh i wrote down pastor i was the only person in the class to write down pastor uh and i got a lot of recognition for that and um ever since then you know i kind of i kind of thought that i was always going to be a pastor but i lost that um when i was about 16 17 years old i kind of figured you know what that's probably not going to be what i'm going to be doing i'll do something different um and I was living in a community in Pensacola that's really heavily military, um, Air Force guys, and uh, we, I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fly planes. I wanted to go in the Air Force and do that. And uh, the Lord does funny things. Um, you know, I, that's what I really wanted to do. And I joined this awesome church on the beach uh, called Point Baptist. And um, I told the worship leader there, I said, I think I have a little bit of a singing voice. Um, and he said, well, why don't you just do a couple voice lessons with me, see what you've got, and we'll do it. And uh, I jumped in there, we did some voice lessons, and I, not to brag, but I think I outsang him a little bit. And uh, <laughs> uh, he was really excited that I could sing, and he threw me on the praise team and started, uh, started leading worship um, with some solos and doing some other things. And, um, and then the rest is history. I mean, God really laid it in my heart that this is just what I needed to do. I needed to go full steam ahead into music and to sing, and um, and I had no no musical training whatsoever when I went to college. I mean, I knew nothing. Um, and I went to the Baptist College of Florida. I brought two of my closest friends with me, um, Brandon and Gabe, and um, they really didn't know much of anything either about ministry, and and so we were thrown into this pool of people that that knew uh, music and and I did not um, but you know the Lord was gracious and the teachers were gracious and uh, um, and so yeah we jumped into that and and now here I am uh, about 10 years later uh, doing full-time music yeah now college is where is where we met and then you know back yeah. then we were we were both pretty weird um, mm-hmm. I think our wives would probably argue we still are um, yeah, <laughs> but we have a good time. Yeah, and, you know, we're both from Pensacola, uh, so that was definitely something that uh, we've always had in common. We both, at one point in our lives, wanted to fly planes. I mean, maybe it was just the draw of Pensacola with the Blue Angels flying around. All I the think time. It, that's exactly what it was. The the Blue Angels. You see that roar, and you're like, I want to do that. <laughs> right. It looks so yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 And so we we ended up at uh, BCF August of 2012. Um, you know, I 
I think both of us, we knew that God was like pushing us in that direction, but what that would look like, I don't know about you. I was so confused in the beginning. Yeah. Like I really had no idea what I was supposed to be doing with the call. You know, I was just, Oh yeah. That, that's where I was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For me, um, you know, I knew I wanted to do music. Um, <clears throat> but then in the back of my mind, I was like, well, maybe being a youth pastor or some kind of speaker would be easier because it sounds like it would be easier but I just have such a fear of speaking in yeah. public. Yeah. And I'm the opposite. Most, most people are like, I, I hate singing in public. And I'm like, I love singing in public, but I hate talking. In public. <laughs> yeah. This is how it worked yeah. out. Oh yeah, for sure. And of course I, I thought I was doing music and ended up now I speak now, now, now yeah. I'm the, the preaching pastor. So um, yeah, that's, it's Who all knows good. Where it's I'll be. Maybe right. in 10 years I'll be doing youth pastor stuff. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, you've been a youth pastor before. You were very good That's at true. it when you did it. Um, so nothing to fear. Yeah. God did give you a smaller group, which is fine. I have a smaller group. I love it. I like the fact that I get to know oh, yeah. all my kids and have those close yeah. relationships. Okay. Yeah. All right. So Jake, worship ministry. Yes. Why does worship ministry exist? Why, why do you think it's important? Um. Yeah, worship ministry. I'm going to start with a passage um, of scripture first before we jump into that. Let me find my notes here. Uh, yeah, Ephesians 5.19 says, uh, dress one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with the Lord. Um, give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Um, right off the bat there, uh, this is the end of, um, this is after Jesus's ministry, Paul's writing, and he's saying, just sing, make melody with, um, together uh, with one another, sing psalms and spiritual songs together. Um, so it's a, it's a call, it's something that God is telling us to do, it's something Jesus told us to do, so, uh, so we're going to do it. Um, and throughout history, it has change so much but it's a beautiful thing because the times really tell us um what the music the, the music dictates the times if that makes sense um so you know back then they didn't, didn't have all the instruments that we hit, have now but um they still worship the lord with singing and with different types of instruments um and so it's really uh, something that god tells us to do yeah, absolutely. Uh, so when we do this, when we sing psalms and hymns, um, something that me and you have talked about before is the importance of reverence in worship. But what does that actually mean? I think the people these days, when they hear you have to be reverent, maybe they don't get the right idea. Uh, so what does right. that actually look like? Yes. Um, that uh that comes from hebrews 12 28 it says serve god accountably with reverence and godly fear um the word serve in greek is a form of the word worship and it is used 21 times in the new testament uh, in the context of service and worship that means worship and service the offering of up of oneself are intertwined in scripture um <clears throat> reverence is just honor and res respect for god um just having that honor and respect for God in our worship, uh, 
you know, knowing who we worship, why we worship, um, and having the biblical truths of God um, is just having respect for him um, in our worship. Okay, so how does that get reflected maybe in the words that we sing, maybe perhaps? Yeah, um, so something that uh, us worship leaders, we need to be um, careful of are the songs that we sing, uh, making sure that they are biblical truths, um, making sure that they back up biblically uh, with what the scriptures say. So recently, I've don't know if you've come across this, but there is a worship leader, and his name is Rick Pino. Mm -hmm. Have you heard of him? I have heard of him. Yeah. Okay, it seems like every week I find a new video about something crazy he's doing. Um, and yesterday I saw a video of him telling the congregation to take their shoes off. And first I was like, okay, maybe holiness and all that. And then, and then he tells his congregation, take your socks off and start waving them above your head. Why? <laughs> okay. Okay, so we're talking about reverence and worship here. Um, it, is that a good example for worship leaders or is that kind of a something not to do? I think that's something not to do. Uh, I feel like you're gonna add some kind of twist here. Like, uh, let me tell you why that's okay. Or <laughs> let me tell you that. <laughs> um, no, I think that's not. Um, you know, I think I understand what he means, you know, uh, you know, uh, taking your sandals off before the Lord and just, you know, that's, that's the Bible, but yeah, that's, that's different. He that's took it a different. step further in a direction he did. That, that was weird. And I yeah. thought he was going with the holiness Moses kind of movement and he that's went what I'm thinking. stinky socks in the air. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That, in, that, in that sense, in my mind, it kind of made it kind of more about him instead of, instead yeah. of God, you know, because that's kind of, look, I can do this as a worship leader, and people believe me, and people will follow me. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, that's definitely a step too far. And he's, but, not, he's not alone in the movement of worship leaders that try and take worship in a direction towards being, I know that the older generations would call it a rock concert. No, um, yeah. But there's probably a fine line there, right, between keeping our worship modern and relatable and a rock concert. So um, where is that line? Where do you see that? Yeah, um, I, th I think every church has, every church has different people, um, older groups, younger groups, and it's hard because we want to kind of cater to all. Um, and sometimes we don't really understand who or why we're doing what we're doing. And <clears throat> there is a, there, I would, I would think there is a line um, in it. Um, I've seen some worship leaders lead with secular songs before. And I just think that's definitely a line that we shouldn't cross. That's part of being, reverent towards God. I mean, seriously, if there's, um, if the context of the song is about a girl, then why are we singing that to God? You know, right. it wasn't written for that purpose. The person who wrote it was not 
um, praying over their song, wasn't using scripture for their song. So why would we sing that in church? So that's the that's a line for me that I just cannot cross is singing something um, just not worship. Um, and yeah, and you're right. I mean, some people see lights and haze and um, just lots of instrumentation as just a rock concert. Um, but, you know, the Lord tells us to use all kinds of instruments, uh, use the drums, the lute, the lyre, and we don't really know, right. what those, we know what those instruments are, but we don't use those anymore. And so right. we don't use those instruments, but we use our own instruments. Um, so I think it's completely fine to use as many instruments as possible, um, as many lights as possible, as much smoke and haze as possible. It's, it's okay. Um, but you got to know your church and you got to know the, your people, because if, if I were to do that on my Sunday morning, it would, wouldn't go well because it's just so shocking. Um, yeah. Right. And people don't understand it. I mean, I remember the first time I turned the lights off and I had multiple comments. Why are the lights off? And my only, my only answer to that is it just creates uh, less distraction and it's right. more, you focus in when the lights are off. And that's, that's how I just feel about that. Um, and plus the lights were just insanely too bright. And of course, you know, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I remember uh, the church that I was at in Panama City, there was one Sunday where we had dimmers on our lights. And so I was able to turn them down just a little bit, not even a whole lot, but um, some of the people at church said, so which rock star is coming today? Oh my goodness. It's like, okay. <laughs> Okay, well, if it's going to pull you out of your your reverent spirit, then then fine. I thought it was going to be helpful, but it, you're right. right. We have to totally um, look at our ministry context because as pastors, we're meant to serve the people um, that we are shepherd, definitely. Yes. And so that's going to look differently from city to city, church to church, um, even youth group to youth group. It's going to be a little bit different. Um, I know here at Jonesville Baptist when um, the previous youth pastor tried the lights and the haze and, and all of that. The kids didn't like it. <laughs> they were totally not into it. They were, they, and they told me as soon as I got here, that is not our youth group. We don't want those things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and you know what? That's, that's fine. We'll, we'll, we will do simple and we'll go in a different direction. And because the goal is the gospel. It's yes, not it the is. lights and the haze. So definitely. Absolutely. So speaking of the gospel and um, in reverence, how then do we worship in truth? Uh, you know, the Bible talks about worshiping in spirit and truth. Um, but, but once again, what does that mean? And what should that mean to us? Um, in truth, it, it just boils down to um, that our worship must conform to the revelation of God in scripture. It must be informed by who God is and what he is like. Um, you know, what does the Bible say about God? Uh, you know, we just need to make sure that our worship lines up with scripture. That's truth. Um, and there are some times in some worship songs where you look at it, a line in the song, and you say, well, that is not scripturally sound. Um, that is not something that the Bible actually says. And so... Um, and we have those debates all the time on worship leader pages. Yeah. 
And there are yeah. some things, and we've talked about this many times about a certain song. Um, <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, I agree. Um, you know, is God's love reckless? <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. Good, oh, it's, it's an good, unpopular opinion. I, it yeah. is. You know, um, and I cannot, um, I cannot sing um, "Sloppy Wet Kiss." I can't say. I just mm -hmm. those those words are weird to me. <laughs> you right. Know? There are too um, many theologically good songs to yeah. use those. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's something I've had to learn um, because not the most, the most popular songs are not always the most spiritually strong and truthful songs out there. And so to, to just go with the flow and sing what everybody else is singing, um, I'm not doing my due diligence um, as a worship leader. And I'm not um speeding our are feeding our flock spiritually with songs that are not spiritual or not truthful um <clears throat> and so i've had to cut down some of our songs that we sing and um and lean towards more scriptural things and and i don't think we sing songs that are unscriptural but um but there are some that that we've had to cut from the list right Right. Oh, yeah. And with Reckless Love, especially, I mean, the way that I explained it to my youth band as I was leading and training them, it was like, maybe you theologically understand the truth. And, and so the word maybe doesn't trip you up. But what about the new kid that comes in that doesn't know God? And you're saying that God is reckless. He's careless with his actions. Is that really the kind of God you want to introduce them to? Is that really causing them to worship in truth? Mm -hmm. You know? no the answer would be no then no definitely not so yeah definitely okay so as far as your worship ministry uh, you're at carlisle mm -hmm. baptist church in panama city um how would you characterize your ministry there um <clears throat> it's funny the, the the thing that i came up with that is that we're a spiritual family um we really are a family in the, it, it, it didn't start that way because families don't just start that way, uh, especially we're not really family, but you know, we're spiritual. Um, man, we do, we do life together and, and it's really awesome. Um, you know, it's scary when I first got here to meet everybody. Um, but as we grew relationships, as we just worshiped together, it really, it really brought us together. Um, and so, yeah, we're a spiritual family. Um, and I think that if you've ever been to one of my band practices or my choir practices, um, it is not um, super strict. It's it's a really good time, and it's yeah. it's a lot of fun. And uh, we laugh a lot, we sing a lot, um, and that really just kind of opens up our people to just feel free um, yeah. to to worship. Um, but we also, obviously, we, we practice a lot. We make sure that we're doing um, the best that we can for the Lord. Um, and your choir is very good. I've seen them myself. They're very good. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, unfortunately, has dropped off because of COVID, uh, like most choirs have. And so that's something that we're praying over, trying to build back up. It's, it's literally just building from the ground up again. Um, and it, it's kind of sad, but it's also offering some benefits as well. 
Um, but yeah, that's how I would describe our, our ministry here. We're a family and, and I try to be as one-on-one with my team as possible. Um, you know, I text my individual people every week. Um, I ask them how they're doing. Um, and, you know, I play disc golf with them. We go to dinners together. We do go to movies together and we, we just do life together. Um, and I think that's how it should be. Um, and so they don't see me as this kind of uh, crazy strict worship leader. They see me as a friend and, and yeah. they, uh, you know, somebody they can look up to as well. Definitely. Yes. Uh, pastoral ministry has to be intentional or else it, like you said, it, it doesn't work. Yeah. It doesn't work. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So Let's see, when I was, I guess that's the difference for me too. When I was in Panama City uh, for, I was at the church for four years, um, Mm -hmm. but for two of those years, I did not live anywhere close to the church. So I couldn't have access to my youth during the week. I couldn't grow relationships with the other people in the church very easily. And so I just showed up Sunday, Wednesday, did what I was supposed to do. And then I had to drive hour, hour and a half to get back home. And so while I provided a service to the church, to them, I'm sure it didn't always feel like I was a part of that church. It was a big issue. And then moving into Jonesville then, uh, now I'm not around, like I'm always around church people. And that's that's great because the relationships have gotten deeper and and like you've got there at Carlisle, we've become family in that way. And ministry just doesn't work you know if your ministry isn't messy you're probably not ministering to your people oh yeah oh my goodness yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know that's the one thing i remember from vcf no (laughs) no i i remember that clearly from our professor saying ministry is messy i just didn't didn't really get it at the time and now i totally get it um right so it's so messy but yeah, because life is hard and it's complicated. And if you're really doing life with your people, then you're going through the hard and complicated things together. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you're going to go through seasons where um, you really like them. You like to be around them. You'll go through seasons where I really wish I would just keep my distance, but they need my help. And, yeah, you know, it's the normal, you know, cycle of life that we, we go through, even within our own like real families at home like um it's just the way that life works and it's embracing that within your church family that really makes the difference and it makes people want to follow you Um, exactly Mm -hmm. yeah it does for sure so you've been at carlisle baptist church so how how long have you been there um going on four years four years in uh in july yeah yeah it has been of this year yeah july okay. 4th yeah. oh, okay <laughs> um it has been a uh interesting time it's been uh, a lot of ups and downs and just crazy turns and um i'm sitting in a room that was the women's ministry closet it was a closet at one point and uh this is not this is obviously just not our office spaces but um but yeah we've we've been rocked a couple of times in the last four years i feel like i've aged like 20 years being here 
absolutely <laughs> yeah oh sure oh sure uh, yeah 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 hurricane michael uh, two years ago really did a lot of us aged a lot of us you sure uh, did yeah mm -hmm. okay so yeah july 4th right four years so you're right there you've been <laughs> you're in panama city almost as long as i was then and uh that's crazy that's crazy to think about <laughs> Yeah, 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 it is. It is. And then so July 1st, I'll have been at Jonesville two years. Okay, wow. Yeah, I know it doesn't, doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it at all, dude. Not at all. Yeah. I feel like you just got there. <laughs> I know. It, I mean, it feels like I just got here too. But Lorelai is turning my daughter. She's turning two in August. Wow. Um, so yeah, nuts. Nuts. That's crazy. And we both have like, almost five year olds. That's insane to do. <laughs> Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, yours is, is almost five. I, mine's almost five. five. And yours is almost four, right? Yeah. Oliver will be four June 23rd. Uh, so yeah, start we're we're starting school this year, man. Like <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, no one was supposed now. to. No one was supposed to, but <laughs> yeah. Uh COVID, you know. That's mm. that's gotcha. everybody COVID. But yeah, we haven't quite figured that out yet either. We know we want him to go. Um, it's available here. Uh, hopefully, we haven't missed any sign-up deadlines. Oops. Yeah. But uh, I think I think I missed mine, so we'll have to wait a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good. Though. But speaking of Noah, all right. So tell yeah. us about your family. Yeah. So um, I have a wife, Allison. We met at BCF uh, about a about a year in. Um, my uh, I think my sophomore year. That's right. My sophomore year, I met Allison. She was working in the music room. Um, and I met her um, at BCF. Um, and in 2015, we got married. Um, and I was actually at a, uh, a little church called Madrid Baptist at the time. Um, had this really cool parsonage um, that I got to live in. Um, and uh, yeah, we got married and we had a uh, little Noah. Um, and then a couple of years later, we had uh, uh, we had Sayla. And so, yeah, I've got a, a four-year-old um, and a three-year-old, well, two-year-old, and she'll be three in November. Um, and yeah, that's my family. And uh, they're just such a blessing. Uh, I've got the cutest little kids on the planet. And um, I might debate really you on that one, but. You know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I understand that. I understand that. All right, Jake. Well, uh, thank you for um, logging on and, and talking with me some and introducing yourself to us. I'm sure we'll have you back. It's, it's been a real blessing being able to talk to you today. Um, if people want to reach out to you and, and find you, um, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, you can find me, um, you know, my Facebook, um, Jake. Uh, it's actually Jake D. Beaupre on Facebook. Um, you can also find me on uh, Carlisle Baptist. Uh, if you want to listen to some of the music that we do, Carlisle Baptist Church on YouTube or on Facebook. Um, and you can find me that way. Thanks for joining us for Living Worship this week. And we'll see you later, everybody. Bye. All right.